Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. Podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health, find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris. I'm one of your hosts. And as always, I'm joined by Jim and Alberto. How's it going, guys? All good, sir. Very good. Alberto, what's new for you? Uh, it's, a, it's a little cold down here, but I'll, I'll keep my cold comments to myself, seeing as our unseasonable weather is approximately like <laughs> 65 degrees today. Yeah, I've had to have the heater <laughs> on at my house, too. It's been it's been unfortunate, you know, in the 40s and yeah. 50s down here. Um. <laughs> a quick funny story is, uh, well, I mean, it's partially funny. <laughs> our, our little our little dog, Cruz, that, which we adopted, which we assume is a chihuahua, we don't know. Uh, he's been kind of hobbling around on one leg. That's not the funny part. Bear with me. Um, so we took him to the vet and it, I guess it turns out, uh, he's having inflammation. I guess it's real, real common with small dogs. He's having inflammation problems and his like his little, his little knee keeps like dislocating. Ooh. And, but he's not in any pain or discomfort. It hasn't slowed him down. They, I mean, you can rub his leg, move his leg. He doesn't even care. You would never even know other than the fact that he's hobbling. And so the, the vets told us that they, they're like, your dog's overweight. <laughs> and we're like, well, if you don't know what kind of dog he is, how do you know he's overweight? Yeah. So <laughs> funny thing here is, is they watch you want to do surgery on him, but I'm like, hold on, hold on. If weight and inflammation is a problem, I'm like, I have an idea before we sign off for surgery. <laughs> so starting very soon, he is going, uh, probably not high fat keto, but he's probably going to go like doggy carnivore yeah. and we're, we're going to kind of see what happens. And it, it'll be interesting that because I have a really good idea of what I think is going to happen. But if, if we can get that inflammation down where his knee is no longer a problem mm-hmm. and his weight's no longer a problem to where he can just, you know, just hang out and be himself without surgery, that's going to actually be a pretty cool and interesting. Yeah, I've heard a lot of uh, dedicated dog owners going into not only just a completely carnivore, but a raw carnivore. So raw ground beef or, you know, chunks of, of beef and that type of thing. So, um, I bet it probably wouldn't cost much to uh, do that for Cruz because, well, he's not that big. No, no. He's like, uh, I think he's 14 pounds right now or something like that. And he could stand to lose like three <laughs> yeah. something along those lines. So, so yeah, this will, this will be a nice little turn of events. We'll see how it goes. Yep. I agree. I think that he'll, uh, he'll do quite well with that. Jim, what's new in your world? I know it's probably a little colder in your your part of the United States right now. Indiana is uh, not quite the quite the uh, um, subtropic continent of Texas, you know, with all the sun and heat and the sixty degrees. But it has been a little bit chilly up here. Um, so I do um, Orange Fe- Orange Theory Fitness, um, which is kind of training between treadmill, rower, and uh, free weights. And we started a few days back an eight week transformation challenge program. Um, so I've kind of been, I've kind of slacked over the last several weeks and whatnot. So I've dialed in a little bit and, uh, got the macros back in line and different things. And, uh, 
knocked out a couple of good workouts, focused on the food a lot more now than I have before. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of excited for what happens in the ne- next eight weeks um, and hopefully making some good progress. Um, the unfortunate part was I did not get a lunch today at work. And so at about three o'clock, I ordered um, a um, an unwitch from Jimmy John. So, you know, a sandwich wrapped in lettuce kind of thing. And when it arrived, it was wrapped in French bread. So, um, you know, so I ended up pulling it apart and for the most part eating the meat and the cheese and, and did okay. Um, but when you're, I work for a bank, um, and when you're on the teller line, you can't really like get sloppy, so to speak. (laughs) So trying to manage this while hiding it in case a customer walked or anything, uh, was not the most, um, easy thing to do, but we made it through today. So that was, that's, that's where I'm at at the moment, sir. Yeah. Not a bad sandwich in a pinch. No, not bad. Not bad. So what's new with you, Christopher? Oh, just lots of work as always. Actually, a little catching up in that regard uh, for for some of the things that I had going on. Had lots of the extra normal projects that are uh, off my plate at this point. Got them down. So that's good. Um, Constantly, you know, doing new things. We uh, uh, Kung Fu has been proving to be a little, I think, more sustainable um, than uh, Krav Maga was going to be. So that's kind of been interesting to to see because I've been um, going to, to the classes and it's a lot more work on your form by yourself with a little bit of sparring versus the, okay, we've warmed up. Now it's time to beat the out of each other. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's it's a much different attitude and mentality. And, and I think that I will... Uh, be less less likely to get injured um, doing uh, the the kung fu than I was the uh, Krav Maga, which was actually something that that Bertoad even said is what happens if you've got a contract and you get hurt. Um, I think that was a, a very good uh, point that he made, and um, so with the uh, kung fu coming into play, it's it's good. And you know, I'm getting to do it at least one or two nights a week with my wife, which is good too. So good. Always uh, good to be able to do things uh, with my with my wife, who I love. Well, that's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's pretty much it though, for me, um, trying to get out of white belt right now (laughs) and all of that. Uh, Jim, you, you found one of the posts recently this week, uh, that, that you, you thought might be a good, uh, subtopic. What what was that? Oh, Chris, we didn't talk about that in our show prep and now I've forgotten what it was. Oh Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I remember this. Okay. I've slept since then. What, what? <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, I was, I was smart enough. I saved it. So I've got it. And I was just going to have you introduce it. So anyway, <laughs> well, anyway, we really do for our listeners. We really do work on this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. Um, so uh, Travis Larson posted watching Scooby-Doo with the kids tonight. Oh, and yes, the, yes, yes. Yeah. And the monster is the gluten mutant. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yes. Stay away from the gluten mutant gentlemen. Um, and then there was pictures of the gluten mutant. And uh, uh, you've got Shaggy and Scooby that are both larger than sumo wrestlers fighting this uh, dog-like thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah, weird. I got it pulled up now. This I, I grew up loving Scooby-Doo. This was one of my Saturday morning rituals of watching Scooby-Doo. So anytime something like this pops up, it always catches my eye and whatnot. But yeah, the, the gluten mutant um, just cracked me up because you've got 
Shaggy and Scooby who eat everything inside all the time and their metabolism is through the flipping rough. And so, you know, and then now they've, yeah. So anyway, uh, kudos Travis, one of our longtime members of the Keto Mads Club for posting that. And uh, yeah, it definitely, it definitely made my afternoon yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. So um, much that I forgot about it 24 hours later. <laughs> well, you slept since then. So you, you slept since then. Had, yeah. If I hadn't saved it via Facebook, I, I wouldn't have remembered it myself. There you go. Um, so, you know, my, my digital memory was better than yours at the moment, but that's it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's go into our shout outs real quick. Um, Alberto, let's start with you. Well, I'm going to just take the obvious one. Um, I am going to shout out to everybody that bought a T-shirt. Yes. Yeah. As of as of now, uh, the T-shirts are at the printer. I talked to our, our buddy Anthony. I should say I talked to him. Chris. We communicated with our buddy Anthony, and he's going to get things rolling. And uh, he's actually going well above and beyond what is required for for what we're the amount of shirts that we're giving a guy that you know kind of makes T-shirts for a living is, is almost laughable. But uh, he he's taking it very seriously. He's a real cool dude. He's going out of his way above and beyond to to meet some some requests and. So I guess it's a double shout out. One to Anthony, who is a, you guys don't know who he is. One to everybody else that bought a shirt. Yep, absolutely. We, uh, the, this first round was pretty good and it should make it that much easier for us to invest into the next round of apparel, whatever that may be. It will be a good thing. Yeah. Well, I have to see what happens. Uh, we still haven't uh, come up with final approval on the uh, Keto Man's Club boxers or Speedos just yet, but <laughs> there's been some scary but genuine interest in the group, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Not going there. Not making that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll just shut up on that one yeah. so oh goodness well i want to give a shout out or oh, go ahead i'm sorry Chris. no i i was just going to say that that i will uh i would not be the one that would be helping package those i just i'm sorry i'd have a hard <laughs> issue especially knowing who they were going to i, I would just have an issue <laughs> be like ned flanders i'm wearing nothing at all <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if Ellen DeGeneres can sell her own underwear, then we can certainly sell our own. So um, maybe yeah. in the future, maybe I, in the I'll future, have, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what our gimmick will be at KetoCon. But I'm getting off track here. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so my shout out, I've, I've got a two parter here. The first one is to an individual, Chris Probst, um, who shared a Transformation Tuesday photo this week. Um, he has been on keto just shy of two years. He said he went from over 30% body fat down 12.7. Um, on this, on the uh, body fat scale here, uh, he didn't put his numbers in the original post, but somebody asked him what his starting weight was, and let me get back to it here. Started out at 365, and he's currently at 247. The the thing really about his transformation, I mean, there's many many things. Um, as we were talking about before we came on to start recording, I, I questioned whether or not it was the re- the same guy. Um, but Chris has a couple tattoos that um, tear up and match and everything. Um, the reason I was a little bit skeptical is because when you go from that uh, 100 plus pound difference, um, a lot of times you're going to have some sagging skin or whatnot. And he is height. I mean, there's abs there. It's it's an amazing transformation. So mm-hmm. a uh, a big shout out to uh, Chris for um, that almost two years success story there. And I didn't mention this begin at the beginning, but I want to do a quick shout out to all of the um, admins, moderators in our new group, TKMC Beginners. Uh, we're closing in on 200 members, and the group is barely three weeks old. A lot of people have heard about us through the podcast. Um, our friend Mike Gorman had the three of us on a couple of weeks back, and we talked about it there as well. So um, with it being the first of the year and whatnot, lots of um, 
uh, inquiries about it. And it's become a really great resource for men who are new to keto. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just grateful for everybody that's involved on the, on the leadership side of things, obviously to the guys in the group, but, um, just keeping it running. Um, it's, it's, it started off with gangbusters and I couldn't be happier. Yeah. They're really taking the, the bull by the horns. We're trying to get the topics going. I think that's something that, uh, you have to grow into, like once the group gets to a certain point or a certain number of posts or something, then they unlock that um, because I can't find it anywhere. But uh, they're, we're wanting to make sure that we can tag the uh, the different questions or things like that for easy e- easy answers uh, when when people ask questions. So um, that that would be uh, something that would be good. And we're working on all that stuff. So, but that's really honestly being spearheaded by uh, by the other admins, not even coming from. Jim and Alberto mm-hmm. and, my, and myself. That's really coming from them. They're they're taking they're taking the bull by the horns and that. So that's excellent. I am going to shout out Mac McKay. He uh, posted um, overnight. It looks like, but he uh, he has just done an amazing job transforming transforming himself over the last twenty months. He he says it himself. He's got a little bit of that loose skin that you were talking about, Jim. But uh, he, he just says for right now, it just gets taste tucked under my waistband. For now, I'm happy with it. <laughs> with it so he's gone from 315 uh when he found keto it was uh, 285 and now he's down to 176 and he looks every bit of it if you know i i have a feeling if he didn't have that loose skin he'd be showing full abs and and all that stuff so shout out to him for for taking the bull by the horns uh for his own health and and uh really uh changing um not just the way that he looks i'm sure but also the way that he that he feels in his overall health so Mm-hmm. Awesome job as always. So any other business before we get into our to our guests for the day? Um, just a thanks to some of the folks who have done first of year uh, reviews for us on our iTunes. Yes, yes. Um, I know we'll talk about that uh, more at the end as well. But um, we've had some nice updated reviews, and uh, we always appreciate those. So uh, thanks for the 2020 reviews. Keep them coming. Yep, agreed. Um, and I'll give that shout out right now instead of later. We might as well. Uh, if 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 you as a listener could take a few moments and go on iTunes or whatever platform you listen. And if you have the option on that platform to leave a review or, or uh, a rating, we, it would be a, a massive help for us to kind of make the engine work as it were, and try to uh, try to get uh, the word out uh, more into the algorithm. Um, so we're showing up on charts and things like that, because uh, this is the stories of the people that we're sharing uh, these are amazing uh, stories that 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 people have really transformed their lives, and that's really something that uh, we want to get into as many uh, as many hands and as many ears as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, that's uh, that's really there. You can also leave a comment on the Facebook page. Uh, we we would highly encourage you, if nothing else, to like the Facebook page so that you get notification on your Facebook feed uh when we uh post an episode because that's one of the things that we do uh, is uh we've kind of gotten the habit i'll uh, i'll post it there first and then share it to the groups um so if you want to be the first to know when a new episode goes up that's a great way to go um is to like our our facebook page you can find the link to that at our website theketomansclub.com and you'll be able to get all of the links uh, to all of the groups and pages right there easy access 
So uh, that brings us to our guest. And today we have Ralph Citarella. He is uh, a, a longtime member and supporter. We are, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to know his background. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself, not even the keto related stuff, but give us a little background on who you are, where you are and all that. All right. Um, uh, I'm a, an exterminator slash entomologist. I own a pest control company in uh, Bayonne, New Jersey, which is really just across the river from Manhattan, New York. Um, my job takes me around uh, the area. I've also done some speaking on uh, a national, international scale throughout North America. As an entomologist, that's enjoyable. Um, I've uh, been playing rugby since I'm 20 years old. I'm now currently a USA Level 200 coach, World Rugby Level 1 coach. Um, I was playing A-side rugby uh, up until the early fall of this year when I had a nasty injury, which kind of reminded me that I'm 42 years old and had no business playing A-side rugby with these young dudes. But uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was fun while it lasted. Um, uh, in the off-season from rugby and some of my downtime, I uh, studied karate, a, a school called Kyokushin. And uh, it was a fighting school right here in New Jersey. And I was able to train with um, some internationally ranked fighters, even though I wasn't really fighting myself. I got to, to rub some, some pretty big elbows. So that was excellent. And right now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm coaching kids rugby, so I'm not really involved in the upper level stuff. I'm just trying to dedicate a decent amount of time to the family and, uh, and get my health back on track because it was kind of going a little, little haywire for a while. Sure. So let's go right into that. Let's uh, talk about kind of what was going on um, health-wise, uh, what, what, went, what went wrong, and then we'll talk about what you did to get right. Well, I mean, I guess the easiest way to start this is kind of begin at the beginning. I mean, I, I said it in a post in the, uh, in the group not too, not too long ago. Um, my first memory of buying clothes was pants in a husky section as a kid. You know, I was, I was always a little load. I was, uh, I, I was just a pudgy kid. Um, I remember when I was in seventh or eighth grade, I went to my first Weight Watchers meeting to try and get under 200 pounds for eighth grade graduation. Like just always the fat kid, you know. So after puberty, um, and I was in high school, I started playing sports. I was, uh, I was playing football on a, on a very big team. And uh, I did wrestle my senior year, although I wasn't too tremendously good at wrestling. But I, I found I was able to modulate my weight with exercise. So that was that was big. You know, it, I was kind of in a little bit in control once I started to get that that uh, natural testosterone in me. Now, get to college. I'm playing football. Um, I'm 5'11". At college, I was I was 230 pounds with 36 inch waist. So I wasn't doing body fat at the time, but I was fairly fit and uh, playing offensive line. And I had a shoulder injury my freshman year and I was lining up for possible surgery. Had a had some issues with the way the team handled it because I was a redshirt freshman at the time. Uh, so I walked away from the football team and lack of ac lack of activity, um, drinking because I'm sad, eating because I'm sad. I ended up I ended up over 250 by the time I was a sophomore. So and it wasn't a good 250. It was 254 and just a straight load, you know, just just all fat, dude. It was terrible. Um, so this was like 1999 and uh, my first bump with keto and my buddy hands me the, the, the Atkins book. Um, I forget the title of the first book that Dr. Atkins came out with. And um, 
it was weird. I was working at a steakhouse named Charlie Brown's. It was a blue collar steakhouse with a salad bar. And we had people coming in that were, well, I'm on the Atkins diet. I'm on the Atkins diet. And it was great. So I started doing the Atkins diet and I, uh, and I did it as a diet. I did it as that quick, quick fix mentality. Um, and I ended up dropping 30 pounds. And, uh, you know, once I lost the weight, I went back to, to a traditional diet. Um, actually, I, I kind of transitioned through a cyclical ketogenic diet. You guys are familiar with that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, one thing I have to say was when I was doing the, the Atkins diet that first time around, it was like so poorly researched. You know, I read the whole book and the only thing I really pulled out of it was no carbs. So I wasn't using fat for fuel. I wasn't really doing it the sustainable right way. I was just cutting carbs out and, and looking for that quick fix of weight loss. Um, I, tr I went back into weight training fairly seriously. And, uh, you know, I, I had heard that you can't build, you know, all the, the usual crap. You can't build muscle on a, on a, on a you know, and, you know, Alberto's proved us wrong. I, I proved it wrong just this December. Um, so I did a cyclical ketogenic diet where I was uh, five days on, two days off and juggling your lifting schedule around that. And that just became such a stress on the system. I eventually dropped out. So, but meanwhile, now I'm down to 215 pounds. And I get into rugby. My my a, a good friend of mine growing up turns me on to rugby. So I go from, you know, I, I use that Atkins diet to transition into the rugby mindset where now I'm my workouts consist of a four to six mile run and an hour body weight calisthenic boxing workout um, five to seven, five to six times a week with maybe a day off peppered in here and there. And, and through that high level activity, I was able to maintain that body weight. So that's me graduating college and and playing rugby and, and, you know, eventually moving back to the area that I'm from. And, uh, I got hooked up with, um, with the Bayonne Bombers who was playing first division rugby at the time. So we're playing in different countries. We're playing against with and against professional players. Guys are getting signed for my team to play in Europe. Guys that are no longer playing in Europe are coming back to, are cycling back to the States to play here. You know, so in all this on a traditional diet, because things were working okay for me, the activity level was able to, to sort that out. So things started going wrong about the time that I turned 35 or 36. Um, my triglycerides started to get marginally high. My cholesterol was marginally high. Um, I was technically obese by the BMI standards, but BMI is a bunch of crap. We pretty much all know that. Um, and my doctor at the time was fighting with me to get me on blood pressure medication, which I was, I was running marginally high blood pressure, but she wasn't happy with that. You know, unfortunately, a doctor, and I didn't really communicate that well. So, um, so, you know, eventually I, I just to kind of shut her up, I went on the, on the blood pressure medication and, and that's when that was 36. And I realized that I couldn't increase activity, clean my diet and lose weight anymore. So that put me in a spot where now I have to get really into it. So now I have to go down the, um, down the way my food route. So I got, I, I got myself set up with the Livestrong app which I thought was a very good food calculator for, for the traditional American diet. Um, and I, I went through the phase where I'm measuring this, weighing that, doing that, modulating my exercise count and calories. And I was able to, to get good results. So we're, we're middling success, but, but working very hard for the next few years. Things really went off the rails when I turned 40. Um, it's just a couple of years ago. Uh, I, the, the Livestrong stuff that I had been doing, gradually reduced effectiveness to the point that I was training and 
not and losing nothing like the weight I was expecting to lose or had already I like had the moment I was like I'm gonna go get a personal trainer I'm gonna fix my diet I'm gonna listen to somebody all the way and and do what they want me to do so I went out and did just that um the the trainer I found gave me really one of the best weight training programs I've I've ever seen and I'm and I'm still sticking to it to this day but she slapped me on on the standard American diet you know called me Called me, uh, was it fat skinny? What's, what's the phrase they throw around to everybody? <laughs> skinny fat? Like, smack in the face, man. <laughs> skinny fat, that's it, yeah. Like, you know, right. meanwhile, <laughs> it's five years ago, I'm playing you know, I'm playing select side rugby, but no, today I'm skinny fat, right, because that much changed. But, you know, <laughs> that's, obviously that's the chip still on my shoulder. Um, so, so she puts me on this 2,600 calorie six meal a day oatmeal and eggs and, and shakes and rah, rah, rah. And she's like, just stick with it, stick with it, stick with it. And over the course of the next year, doing every following it to the letter, I I'm up to two forty, two forty five, and I do have my strength. I do have marginal athleticism because I'm I'm. She doesn't want me to run, and I love to run. Um, and I broke away with that. So I'm I'm like forty one, and I'm close to panic mode now. Everything that used to work is not working. So I went on Live Strong app, standard American diet, panic mode where I'm eating pretty much no fats, uh, marginal carbs. I'm doing gross 2,000 or 2,100 calories a day with four to 600 calories of exercise burning off. So my net, I'm like 1,500, 1,600 calories. And dude, the only thing I'm not weighing before I put in my mouth is water. So that's the kind of control we have on this diet. And I'm maintaining 245. And the level of training eventually pushed me into having um, plantar fasciitis which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's, Pain. Yes. Dude, straight misery. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. Fill, fill your shoes with thumbtacks and walk around all day. So yep. um, so I go see a podiatrist. I start getting the needles in the soles of my feet to try and calm that down. And, uh, you know, they're like, well, you know, you, you do you do the doctor Google and you go with the real doctor and, and they tell you, you know, it, and it, it could be from this. It could be activity. It could be from over tightening tendons. It could be. What it really comes down to is I was freaking fat. I mean, that's, I'm not, I can't lie to anybody there. I'm 245 pounds and trying to maintain the type of activity I was doing. I was 210 or 215. So I dealt with that for almost a year and just, I mean, just every day was straight suck. I mean, walking hurt. Um, and, and I can't lose weight and I'm on this, this ridiculously low diet. My activity is now curtailed because of the plantar fasciitis. So the doctor that initially put me on the high blood pressure medication, I had ditched a couple of years before. And I, you know, I have a new doctor who I really like. It was recommended to me. And uh, I go in to see him at 42. At no, I'm sorry, I'm 41 uh, last November. And uh, I say, like, you know, doc, something's wrong here. There, there's there's something that's not working. I, and I just, you know, I gave him the quick rundown like I just did about the cal- the caloric volume and the, and the output of energy. And, uh, you know, he looks at my blood tests and, and we're looking at the five precursors for metabolic syndrome, the triglycerides, cholesterol, uh, obesity, blood pressure and blood sugar. And I'm hitting three of those five and the other two I'm borderline on. He says, OK, you're uh, you're insulin resistant. You're it's a precursor to type two diabetes and you should go on my diet. And I look at this guy and he's six foot three, 180 pound triathlete at the age of 60. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, and, and what the hell diet do you need? And uh, he's like, I do a ketogenic diet and I do it for athletic uh, support and uh, my whole family does it. So he's got his whole family on it. Everybody's off their meds. And uh, I'm like, all right, 
let's party, you know, I'll, I'll give it a try. So he actually gave me his daily diet on a, on a sheet of paper that he just hands out to his, his patients. Um, so I, I leave the office and I, I give my wife a call and, uh, she knows that I've been, I've been struggling with the weight and I say, Bridget, you know, I, I talked to the doctor today and he wants me to do a ketogenic diet. And I, and I've done one in the past as, as like a, as a quick diet, as a tonic, but he wants me to do this for real. And my wife, and this is why I love her. First thing she says, okay, it looks like we're doing keto from here on out. Yeah. My wife is 130 pounds and five foot eight and smoking freaking hot and has no need for a diet. But she decided to do it with me for my health that day, that phone call, which I just, that's, that's what love is, man. That's, that's the real deal, you know? Um, and I, and she and I dove into it with, with both feet and, you know, I had that support. And I'm down to, and, you know, after the first month or two, actually, let me, let me, let me reel back a little bit. So I do the first week or two and I'm already feeling the good results. You know, I'm, or I'm seeing that initial weight loss and I'm, I'm eating the foods I like to eat. I was never a sweet junkie. I was always a Buffalo wing and steak guy. You know, I had to give up my Guinness. No big deal. Uh, I'll re- replace it with the occasional stolen club. Fine. But outside of that, these are the foods I want to eat and I'm losing weight eating the foods I want to eat. So I remember when I was doing keto years ago about the athletic performance, and uh, I, I wanted to go down that road. So at first, I'm a big reader, so I wanted to research this. I didn't want to go off of one sheet of paper that my doctor gave me. Um, so the first book I bought and read in three days was uh, Leanne Vogel's The Keto Diet Book, mm. which I thought was excellent um, for what it is. You know, there's a ton of recipes in there. It's it's very accessible. It's you know, I, I don't want to sound disparaging, but I jokingly called it like the food babe with blog book, you know, um, but it was really good, really sound, really readable. You know, I, I ran through it in three days to get got a bunch of ideas for stuff. And, and she really puts things out there. Then I remembered the, the limitations on athletic performance that everybody talks about with keto. So I looked up a book specifically on Amazon, specifically dealing with uh, ketogenic uh, diets and athletes. And that's where I bumped into, um, what I consider my Holy grail, which is, uh, Finian Volex, um, art and the art and science of uh, low carbohydrate performance. So I got that book. I read that front to back and back to front. So I read it through and then started again on page one and read it again. And that really gave me that basis for how this really works. You know, and uh, from there, I went on to read their, their the book that preceded that, which uh, Art and Science of Low Carbohydrate Living, which is really kind of geared more towards medical professionals or, or, or nutritionists, um, which is it's at times difficult reading. But I read that two or three times. So that was what really solidified my my understanding of the diet. And uh, I've been off to the races ever since, man. I'm 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 loving it. I'm loving how I'm feeling. And uh, I am out there trying to to make converts to all these carb huffers and and get them onto a, a proper diet as quick as I can. That's a lot of information to take in, Ralph. <laughs> hey, you've done you, this you before, I feel like. Well, <laughs> I certainly I certainly didn't want to get didn't want to get on a horn and be like, oh well, you know, stay. <laughs> um, so no, so, that's yeah. awesome. So here's my here's the one of the things because I've been jotting notes throughout your conversation over the last few minutes. So um, 
one of the things kind of not related to keto, but about your activity, the plantar fasciitis. I don't know that we've had a guest on before that talked about that. Um, it is painful. I mean, I've, I've known a number of people who've had it. I've had foot trouble in the past and whatnot, but not uh, an official diagnosis of that. But pairing that up with being a rugby player and a guy who loves running everything, that's got to kind of impact you mentally as well, not being able to do something that you enjoy doing. Um, was keto the solution for the plantar fasciitis or tell me a little bit about how you kind of work through that? Um, well, the long-term repair of the plantar fasciitis was ultimately the weight reduction. I mean, that's, I, I got okay. the bad foot because I got fat, uh, getting the, you know, the, the, the not modulating the plantar fasciitis through weight loss was ideal. And keto was at that time was the only way I was really able to lose weight because of that insulin resistance. So mm -hmm. that, and it, it was incredibly frustrating. And, and it's that, that downward spiral where you're working hard and getting no returns and you're being denied those pleasurable things in life. Because like, I, I know this sounds crazy to some people, but I love running. I, I love going out for, for three or four or five miles. And just counting your breaths and counting your footfalls and covering the distance and seeing the scenery change, you know, like it's it's a moment of peace and clarity. And and you take that away. A depressive response is, is the most natural thing in your brain. I mean, mm -hmm. how do you not get how do you not get sad if if something like that is taken away from you? And and that drops in, you know, and, that, and that's fed by the fact that I I, I do get depressed about stuff like that, and, you know, and and. Mental health is always an issue, and when you're facing that depression on a daily basis from circumstances you can't control, if that doesn't affect you mentally, you're probably not emotionally engaged in your reality. You're, you're probably disconnected in some way. So it was it was tough, and then getting it back was was huge for for my mental and, and physical well being. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing that I wanted to ask about, you know, being a rugby player, I I never see skinny rugby players they're always beefy guys kind of thing that are out there because you're it's not a it's not solely track and that you're just running to run kind of thing but you are you know you're 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 playing football in a different format so to speak and so um you know even with bmi numbers and things like that I, it doesn't sound like you were really that far off when you were playing rugby back in the college days and and whatnot no, I mean, um, like I said, as long as I was able to, to use uh, activity to modulate my weight, I was always comfortable. And when I was playing rugby at my peak in my late 20s, I was playing for that first division side. And uh, I was I didn't even step on a scale, but I would guess I was 210 to 215 and I had some ab cuts uh, and I would go out and play A side and B side matches. So I'd be good for 160 minutes of rugby every Saturday. You know, and I would end, I would end up with, with some bonking issues, some cramping issues. So I noticed there were times that when I got too lean, I would have calf cramps that would pull me out of the second half of a lot of matches. So I actually, mm. in the August before the season kicked off, I would start eating a lot deliberately to get my body fat up to, to deal with those issues. And, uh, and it, it really worked. Um, and, and rugby is, is super demanding and, and especially the position I played which everybody that plays rugby would tell you their position is the hardest position, but they're all full of crap. I'm, I'm not lying. <laughs> um, so I play a position called flanker, which is basically an outside linebacker and a fullback at the same time. And so you, so you have a huge defensive component and a, and a fairly solid offensive component, and you're constantly involved in play. You're not one of the guys that's hanging off and waiting for the long pass or the long kick. You're in it all the time. So so to properly explain the average rugby match at my position would be like, imagine running a 5K 
except no. Every, yeah. <laughs> no, just don't don't think about it, Bert. I'll just get up one morning and do it. It's, it's okay, yeah. that's what he did last year. Yeah. He just got up and did it one day. So. That's why I'm not going to imagine it. So so you're running a 5K, except 20 seconds of every minute you're required to sprint. All right. Every hundred feet you got to fight a dude. Every 400 feet you got to fight three dudes, and this goes on for an hour and a half. And that's how you play rugby as a flanker. So that's that's your level of output. Um, and, and while I was, you know, when I was playing that initial A side stuff in my twenties and thirties, that was, I was able to do that on the traditional diet. And I did have bonking issues when I came out of retirement at 41 last year and started playing A side again for the spring and fall. Uh, I was in a strict ketogenic diet, completely fat adapted, and I didn't have any of the bonking issues. And I was able to perform at a level, um, from a fitness level that I think exceeded how I was playing when I was younger. Although because of just the, the overall age thing, um, you know, that, that stuff beats you up. So, you know, there, there were some things that were holding me back due to age and, and relative fitness, but endurance wise, performance output, everything, everything was higher in, in that keto adapted state. And, um, when, you know, most of the guys in the team are 26, 27, get a couple 30, 32. And I would tell these guys I was in my forties and they just wouldn't believe me. They're just like, no, sorry, you're not. You got to tell that story somebody else too. And, uh, you know, the coach who's two years older than me was like, no, he's a, he's really 42. <laughs> it's a, it's the truth. Yeah. Keto is a, the fountain of youth. I keep telling you, and I, I always make the joke too, because I just turned 40 this year and, you know, and I was turning, I was turning 40. I was perfectly comfortable with turning 40, but not one single one of my friends like gave me any crap about being 40, about being over the hill, about being old man. I got it from no one. <laughs> I was just kind of like, kind of just sat back. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty nice. You know, that's, that's a good feeling right there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. You know, it's, it, it keeps you young and, and you know what, living healthy, it, it keeps you young. And the nice thing about keto is you, you end up accidentally not having sugar and not having gluten and not having so much crap, you know? And uh, my, my wife and I laugh about it all the time because we bump into people we went to high school with. And it's like, dude, what have you been doing for the last 20 years that you're like like this? You go from prom king to friggin' coal miner in, in, in the blink of an eye. What happened? Friggin' pizza is what happened. You know, pizza, pasta and, and too much beer. And next thing you know, um, the, the, the leather sleeve athlete from high school is like a, a friggin' train wreck. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, I was just just to run a question that you said a little bit ago that kind of kind of stuck with me is like uh and it, I'm I'm guessing it was probably similar to me when like I was in my early mid twenties and I was in martial arts and and lifting weights like literally fifteen hours a week on top of that on top of my full time job but like at that time for me you know being that age like there was no amount of food I could possibly eat keto or not or junk food or whatever that could keep up with my activity level so so for me like at that time in my life. I could eat and drink whatever I wanted because my physical output was just so insanely high that there was almost no amount of calories that I could consume that would really make a difference in my weight. And it sounds like what, what you were going through with rugby was very, very similar. Yeah. I mean, once, once you get up to that level of output, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. And I, and after I graduated college and I was coaching the two teams at school, I was coaching the men's team and the women's team. Um, I was working as a bartender. I was only doing four days a week and uh, working nights. But I realized that I would be good to run 30 to 35 miles a week, depending on my schedule. 
because I was just getting up every morning and doing four to six miles, depending on how I felt and, and coming back and training. So like when you think about that output, you're you're burning 1500 to 2000 calories above your, your basal metabolic rate. And uh, you can really eat whatever the hell you want, you know, that and being young and, and healthy liver ish because I was still, in, you know, just out of college. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's it's just that volume and, and your body's still able to process everything properly. And, and you know, you're enzymatically you're healthy and and uh, it was just great. But, you know, I, I played that out in, in pretty short order. And by the time, you know, like I said, by the time I'm 35, that was the first that was the first writing on the wall that something was wrong. And I was in full panic mode five years later. And that's, you know, that's that. There's, there's nothing worse than being scared about your own body. Yep. So it, it's that's such an interesting part of all of this, because therefore, for so many people, they they that you see online and the lifting communities or just athletes in general, they'll they'll go, oh, just, you know, calories and calories out, calories and calories out over and over and over again. And the thing that we're seeing more and more is that calories and calories out only works up to a point whenever you start fa if factoring in other things insulin resistance um diabetes and 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 all of the other metabolic disorder yeah it doesn't matter if you starve yourself or or not you 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 have to you have to pick specific things to eat because those are what you can actually eat and not you know maintain or gain weight um so it's good to hear another example of that you know calories in calories out wasn't the whole thing eventually it stopped working and and uh, to kind of piggyback on that like I, i'm involved in a bunch of different fitness groups on facebook and uh some of them keto some of them not and you know and some of these like and i've asked the question because they're just like oh you know I'm, I'm going on this diet you know these guys are just you know overweight and stuff and they're like i, I got my macro set i'm eating 1200 calories a day and i'm going to the gym four days a week and this, that, and the other. And every once in a while, I'll ask the question. I'm like, so, uh, what, you know, what are you going to do when, you know, 1,200 calories a day, uh, if, that, if that just happens to stop working? They're like, oh, well, I'll just reduce it. I'm like, okay. So, in that, in theory, what's going to happen when you hit zero? You got a plan for, you know, if you're just going to keep reducing. Like, if this is your solid plan, you're just going to keep reducing. I go, eventually, you're going to end up at zero, right? Mm -hmm. Well, no, no. Then, then I got to eat some more. I'm like, well, what do you do to eat some more? And, like, they don't have an answer. They don't know. Yep. You know, they're just kind of just yeah. going by what they hear. And then I'm, and you know, then I'll just throw in there. I'm like, for reference, I'm like, dude, I'm 40 years old. I'm five, eight, I'm like, you know, 180 something, five pounds. I go pretty lean. I was like, uh, I'm actually losing body fat right now on 3000 calories a day and 250 grams of fat. And then the collective minds explode. <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, you know, like I spent a long time, you know, ramping up my, uh, my metabolism. And, you know, we had Dana and he, and he was the one who said the same way where, where his biggest thing was he wanted to make sure he eats enough because he understands that if you got to start pulling on that, that calorie lever to, to, to start losing weight, he wants to make sure he's got enough room to start with. He doesn't want to start real low and have nowhere to go with it. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's one thing that, that I, I think it, the mistakes is, is a fundamental one. Calories are a measurement of heat and heat is a process of physics. So if we're talking about heating up an object, calories is what we're talking about. Let's not confuse physics with biology. OK, and, and that's what happens to a lot of guys that are in my position. A lot of guys that end up being on keto and being successful with it is calories are calories if all systems are functioning mm -hmm. properly. But we get here because things are not right. Yep. So, you know, right now, I'm about halfway through Good Calories, Bad Calories by uh, Gary Tobbs. And we're just going through this section where we're talking about how the muscles and the liver process fructose versus sucrose versus other 
And there's literally a chemical logjam in your liver because it's unable to clear these volumes of sugars, even the good sugar fructose, in the time in which it's, it's applied to the body. So you, you can't go calories in, calories out if there are limiting factors and reagent factors that are involved in the chemistry of digestion. It, it's just not that simple. And, 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 to, and to reduce biology to physics, it's, it's asinine, to, to say the least. Hmm. You know, one thing I want to, shifting gears a little bit here, Ralph, um, we didn't really talk about um, your, your family and whatnot growing up. You said, you know, and I can totally associate being in the uh, Sears Husky Jeans section. I die more than you know. Um, were, was that, were you the only one like that in your family? Were others big boned or whatever you want to call it back in the day? Or what was that like? Well, I was an only child, so there's no generational comparison, but both my parents were heavy. Um, okay. You know, my, my father played football in college, and uh, he slimmed down a lot afterwards, but all my life growing up, he was he was heavy. And he even got to the point where, um, you know, he was morbidly obese. He was in, in the 350 range. Um, mm-hmm. Mom was heavy as well, and, and was actually the one that took me to the first Weight Watchers meeting, and was never able to get down to the to the pre-me weight, which uh, thankfully she doesn't rub in my face constantly. But, um, but you know, mom also suffers from Crohn's disease, mm. which, was late, which was late in diagnosis, and, and she still suffers from it. And, Berto, I can't tell you how many times I shared the, your story with her on the podcast to try and get her to, to come over here with us. Um, you know, she, they're constantly changing her medication. She's never fully happy. She's always, there's always something off, you know, and, and it sucks. She's, she's had a a surgery because of it. She's, you know, she's has flares where she's just garbage for weeks at a time. Um, for a while before I went keto, I, I felt like I was starting to fall into that with the bloating and discomfort gas of the 15 bathroom runs during the course of the day. I started to get there. So I started to worry if that was if, you know, that that Crohn's disease is going to be my genetic legacy. You know, um, I much, it, it, you know, so so that was a concern. And and, and once I, I got into the, the quality keto diet, um, that that just went away. You know, it was it was no longer an issue. But I, I still like if I could get you and mom on the phone call together, I, I wish you could talk some sense <laughs> into this lady because she, she's she she's um, killing me. Like, I you know, I, I try and explain to her, I'm like, look at what has done for me, mom. You and I share some genetics, almost 50%. Give it a friggin' try. And, and I just can't get her to take the jump. Yeah, it gets, it gets tricky. You know, people are just, are, I don't even know how to explain it, especially when you're talking to your own family and, and your or friends you really care about and you, and you see they're in bad shape. And you're like, like to us, it's like, it, it, it's this easy. This is all you have to do. Like one of my friends that reached out to me, he's also Mexican. And he, you know, he was saying that uh, he was, he's just realized he was type two diabetic and this and that. And I'm like, well, look, there's good news and there's bad news, right? I go, good news is it's controllable by diet. Bad news is you got to go low carb. And he's like, dude, we're Mexican. We can't go low carb. I'm like, who's we? I go, dude, I, I'm on year three, brother. And he's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, he had no idea. I'm like, look, I go, I'm not saying that like, it's, it's not the greatest thing in the world. If you're trying to stick to the traditions that you grew up with and you go to your mom's house every weekend for dinner, that ain't going to fly. I go, but at the same time, like if these traditions are literally killing you, I go, what, what is there to hang on to? I go, what, what, what's going to be in the end? If, if, if the food that we're eating, you know, that we're accustomed to eating and the way we're accustomed to living is literally killing us by diabetes and obesity, then why are we trying to pass that tradition down just because it tastes good? 
Uh, it's it's hard to swallow. I guess that's a really good pun there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but but I mean, it's like I don't know. I don't like, and I say all the time, I don't try really hard not to live my life in those shady gray areas. I kind of like things either black or white. Either it's going to help me or it's not. And yeah, sure, I miss my mom's cooking. Like she'll come down here and visit, and she'll make you know like the rice pudding that like we grew up with is like this sweet rice pudding, and I'll I'll crack the lid off that thing and I'll inhale it like I was a crack fiend, but I will rarely ever <laughs> eat any. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, if the legacy you're receiving is a broken one, then it's time to break that cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, I have uh, one side of my family is Italian, the other side's Irish. So I got a I got pasta eaters and wine drinkers on one side, and beer drinkers and beef eaters on the other side. Yep. You know, you you put that stuff together, and and it's just not healthy. Not to mention the fact that you know, 20 years ago, everybody friggin' smoked. 30 years ago, mm-hmm. 40 years ago. That's just another example of that of that fractured legacy that that you have to deliberately put down and walk away from. And um, you know, as far as the, the going keto, you know, people tell me, "Oh, that's that's a lot you got to give up. That's a lot of decisions, a lot of choice you got to make." And um, for me, it's one choice, and it's one choice every day. And to be honest, I, I equate it to people being in recovery. I have, I have friends and family that are recovering alcoholics, and they make a big choice every day to not drink, and that's it. And that's and I get up in the morning and I make that choice to not eat carbs because I am I am in the Alberto keto fascist group where I don't eat carbs. That's it. I don't cheat. I don't have cheat days. I don't miss bread. You know, I'm I'm able to stay in, in the wheelhouse of my favorite foods. But it's one big choice I make every day and I spend all day making it and I and I stay with it. And, and I'm lucky that I don't get like um I don't get that that sugar fix or, or, or that food addiction kind of mentality because keto's basically cured that. Like I used to have a love-hate relationship with food where do I eat? Do I try and get the protein? Am I suffering? Am I getting a sugar high? You know, now all that's normalized and I just kind of eat what I want to eat and, 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 and I kind of move beyond that. And if I want to sneak a bite of a Snickers bar, I have a half of a Snickers bar for my three grams of carbs for today. And that scratches the itch and I move on, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm very lucky like that to not have that kind of, of, of craving mentality. But for the most part, I'm a, I'm keto fascist. It's, it's just, it's that choice. It's that way. It's that, that way every day. Yeah. So I, I'm going to circle back a little bit to the parent thing. My kind of in contrast to, to your mom, my mom is desperately trying um, but whenever I was last home, she was still drinking Diet Cokes and still using traditional table salt. And it, I, I tried to say, yeah, that's not good. Or the Dr. Pepper that wasn't even diet. Uh, you know, things that she just felt like she couldn't live without. And I think there's there's a point whenever the, you get to a certain age. My, my mom's 73 right now. So at least I'm pretty sure I'm not quoting that under, uh, hopefully I'm not (laughs) quoting that over what she actually is. Um, But not that she listens. I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen. Um, But you know, she's, she's up there and there's a point that you go, well, how miserable do I have to be before, you know, or, or, you know, in the the last years of my life, do I really want to be miserable? Um, And I would counter to that in the last years of your life, try to make it so that you can have an enjoyable, healthy life for the rest of the days that you can. Um, and you know, so a little bit of uh, sacrifice of things like bread isn't, you know, is worth it. That's the decision I made at 35 too. At 35, I said, thus far, no more. I know the plan that I need because it seems to be the one that's working. Um, and so that's, uh, something that we, we all have to come to that point that, that line of demarcation where it's like, 
you know, okay, this is, this is, this is it. Um, whatever it is, uh, for us. So, well, um, let's start to, to wrap up any other questions, uh, Jim Alberto. I want to know what was on the doctor's, uh, keto mm. plan that he gave you. I like it. Oh, what great what did you start with? Oh, the, um, the, the one page, the one page jammy. Um, yeah. he actually, he actually incorporated intermittent fasting and, uh, and a ketogenic diet all in, in one sheet of paper. I wish I still had it handy. It was hanging on the fridge forever, uh-huh. but, um, he, he would do no food initially for the course of the day. And he described it to me in a, in a, in a, in the caveman lifestyle evolutionary context, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nuts for, for quick energy, your first meal, your first meal, meal of the day is at lunch, which he would do a spinach and olive oil kind of smoothie. Um, and then he would have one real food meal of the day of, uh, of chicken or, or steak or, or whatever. So he's, you know, he's basically, he's kind of doing OMAD, um, but he would have that large smoothie shake. So, so I adapted that cause I, I, I don't want to do the shake thing. It was never really worked for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I would no food until noon or, or 1230 and I would have, um, a spinach salad with a protein base, you know, spinach, chicken, whatever, um, supplement with nuts and then have a, have a, a keto dinner. But I mean, his, his one sheet of paper, that, that spinach, that spinach smoothie, which I turned into the salad lunch. And then, and then the dinner, that was me for the first week or two until I got through the first couple keto books I read. And, um, like I said, I mean, you look at the, you, my doctor's phenomenal. You, you look at this guy, he's, he's in his early sixties and he, could pass for 40 with no problem and he's super athletic and and it was just very straightforward you know like he uh i could see that a lot of his patients probably did this for a week and then just jumped off the bandwagon but following his one sheet of paper for a week with with slight adjustments gave me the time to figure it out for myself and that was really the the step up that i needed awesome so at, at this point, let's go through a, a day in the day in the life food wise. What's your uh, like? What did you eat today? Oh, today was a great day. Stayed twice. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, in the morning I, I wake up. I'm up early with my wife. We're up before six. I'll have uh, a cup of coffee with a tablespoon of half and half and a Splenda, and I'll do that again an hour and a half later after I drop my daughter off at school. So I'm kind of intermittent fasting, but I really only putting down about forty calories before my first meal at twelve thirty or so. Um, today I ran to the store to grab dinner. So I picked up, uh, I saw a manager's special of a, a porterhouse steak, nice three quarter pound, uh, T-bone. So I brought that home, grilled that up for, for lunch and some olive oil and butter had a, uh, a kosher pickle on the side as my greens. So that was a pretty fantastic lunch and, uh, dinner. I did, uh, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower mash and, uh, pan fried ribeyes in olive oil, butter with fresh garlic. And that was for the three of us. Like I said, my my wife is uh, is 100% keto too. So the only thing we really changed for our daughter, Siobhan, who's six, is we give her real mashed potatoes, not fake. And for the most part, she eats a steak and the vegetables. And we got you know, to muggle with her a little bit to eat her potatoes, but nobody's pushing that too hard. You know, she's, she's hale and hearty. And, and you know, for, for a six-year-old girl, she's very muscular. She's, she's very athletic. There's not an extra ounce of weight on her. So, you know, we kind of let her self-regulate as far as food goes. But for me, I am two steaks, one pickle, and Brussels sprouts in, and uh, today was a good day. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. 
Yeah, not only that, I mean, if, if you, both you and your wife are keto and, you know, pretty much sugar-free, like, you know, a lot of that is going to rub off on your daughter. just just the way it is, whether like or not. Like, you know, my kids, I don't restrict the way they eat whatsoever. But if you were to compare their diets, I would say the vast majority of the kids' diets around here, like, they're eating a lot cleaner. You know, they're allowed their one piece of candy after lunch. They still have Halloween candy. You know, they don't, they just, they don't really crave sweets. They never drank soda in their life, either of them, other than like soda water, uh, like orange juice might be the sweetest thing that they actually get to consume that they choose to consume. And other than that, they just pretty much survive off water and veggies and protein. And you know, like every once in a while, my nine-year-old will be dinner time and I'll be make hamburgers and she'll just like, I just want a hamburger bun or a hamburger patty. I'm sorry. I just want a hamburger patty. I'm like, you want anything to go with it? No, nope. Just a hamburger patty. And, and she'll kill a quarter pound of ground beef on her own. I'm like, I'm not worried about you. <laughs> the the, the six-year-old is the same way, but a six-year-old is a she. She will. The only thing she will ask you is if it's spicy. Outside of it being spicy, this kid will eat anything and everything you put in front of her. And and most of the time, it's what we're cooking. So it's you know anything from scallops to shrimp, steak to whatever veggies we happen to have on hand, and the, the kid will devour it all and finish it off with like a half an apple. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, no, but you you hit it right there. It's what you're cooking. You know, and that's and like I said before, one of the great things about keto, you you back into not having process, not having sugar, not having this, not having that. And we, you know, we still make a point of having the family meal. We all sit down and have dinner together. We're not doing it in front of TV, which is, you know, something that it's it's a psychological thing for for me personally. But like, you know, my daughter's eating cooked and and home prepared food. We're we're not stopping at McDonald's on the way home. We're not, you know, and and I'll be honest, even if you're going to do McDonald's with no bun, it's still a, a chemical train wreck when it comes down to it. You know, they're these are processed burgers that are designed to be good for two weeks, whether or not they're refrigerated. Like, come on, man. You, I don't want my kid eating that stuff. I'd, I'd much rather rather cook up a, a nice fatty ribeye in some butter and, and her have it because I know that's such a cleaner meal. Because she's still metabolically efficient and proper. Like she's not even, you know, she's still using those pathways properly. She's still got 100% of her digestive function, her enzymatic function that, that I don't have. So, you know, she's just eating home cooked food. And, and, and like you said, it's, you see it in their behavior. And when you contrast it with their friends that are, you know, that are knocking back sugar sticks and living on Twix and then stopping for happy meals, mm-hmm. you know, you get, you got to, you know, for a change as a parent, you feel like you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about it? Yeah. <laughs> Finally, after all this time. <laughs> yeah, well, we got one thing. Like, it's funny. Our wife will have the joke. <laughs> like, she'll come home from work. She's like, how is everybody? I'm like, well, all three are still breathing. So it was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, um, any other things that we, we didn't cover that you'd like to cover, Ralph? Uh, and we've gone gone through quite a bit so i i want to make sure that we get you back to your wife and and uh and all of that before it gets too terribly late there on the east coast uh there there is one thing i do want to mention i i was lucky enough to have a personal friend who's also a physician shepherd me through this whole thing um dr james ferretti who is a member of the group and um He's he's been super helpful and and, and uh, you guys should absolutely think about having him on as a guest because he's a he's a physician and and very good at his job. He also speaks uh, at at different functions around the country. Um, right after I started doing this, um, when I read the the, the first Finian Volek book about low carb performance, um, I sent him a copy. I just Amazoned it right to him. I was like, Hey Jim, do me a favor. We've been friends forever. I want to make sure my primary physician isn't suffering from confirmation bias and I'm not killing myself with a fat diet. I want you to read this book and tell me what to do. This guy 
read the book and was in ketosis before he finished it. He was so convinced. <laughs> he is also he's also a long distance runner and a jujitsu guy, and he is smashing his personal records every time he goes out. Like, awesome. he, yeah, he he ran went out and ran a ten k and trimmed three minutes off his personal best. And he's a trained runner, oh, wow. so it's not like he like so it's not like he started last month and this is his new personal best. You know, so he's he's running regularly. And I mean, and, and Berta, you just said it right there. Oh wow, the only way you're knocking three minutes off your ten k is if you're juicing. Like, let's be completely honest. Um, and, and he's not, he's just on keto. And then he and I always say back and forth, you know, doing athletic events or, or sports being fat adapted is like playing video games with a cheat code. And it really is. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. Everybody's trying to keep up with you and you know, you just don't get tired. You don't get hungry. You don't bonk. You just keep pushing and you keep getting better all the time. And, uh, so I guess, you know, you guys you did your shout out. So that's, that's my shout out. Um, thank you, Dr. Reddy fantastic. for, uh, for being there for me and, and being there with me. So now he's, he's in the group and, and he's a keto lifer like me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, keep an eye out for him in the forum. He's not, you're not too, too active, but, uh, if you guys ever want to get a position on stage, mm-hmm. reach out to him because he's, he definitely knows the ins and outs. I think, uh, we absolutely have to. Yes. Yes. I think yep. so. I think so. That goes on the uh, that goes on the list of uh, potential guests, and we'll try to get in contact with them and have them on. We'd love to hear his story too. Okay. Well, any other parting shots before we go into uh, contact information? Oh, we're good, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming out and sharing your story. It was a great conversation. Yeah, looking forward to doing this again sometime. Agreed. Agreed. Hey, guys, thank you. Thank you so much. It was uh, it was my pleasure. It's it's nice to get the word out, and uh, and and it's such a great place to be. You know, I I love the group. Um, you know, I, I've shared some non-scale victories and some and some non-scale tragedies in the group. You know, I, I've had kind of an up and down year, and and it's not about weight loss; it's about the brotherhood, and uh, and I, I appreciate that. So, thank you, thank you for having me here. Absolutely, Jim. Any other business to attend to? No, I just echo the compliments and appreciate the honesty, straightforwardness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, awesome. It's good info. And like I said earlier um, about plantar fasciitis and whatnot, as uh, Chris and Alberto and I have done this podcast for the last several months, we've talked to a number of guys who have had some kind of ailment, um, big and little. I mean, everything is, is big to the individual, obviously. But, um, you know, this is the first, like, I, I believe this is the first one where we've talked about that. Uh, particular particular ailment and the fact that your weight loss and your health improve, but also just being able to walk comfortably again um, is just a testament to how good keto can be. Absolutely. Very good. Well, uh, let's go through some social information, then I'll wrap us up. Ralph, how can people get connected with you online outside of the group? Uh, I am on Facebook, Ralph Citarella Jr. And uh, I'm, I'm also on Twitter at, <clears throat> at Rugby Ralphie. Very cool. Great handle, by the way. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> they, it's right. It, it's not quite keto cholo, but uh, I, I got to do it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, uh, Jim, go ahead and give us your social. Uh, I don't have a good one. I, I guess that may need to be a, like a belated New Year's resolution because you all have cool names and whatnot. Mine's just Jim Inman Jr. So find me in the group. Find me on Instagram. And maybe there'll be a creative one coming in later months. You, you just got to add V in front of it. So you're the Jim Inman Jr. <laughs> oh, the one and only. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll save my official radio nickname for after hour or after the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alberto. 
uh, Instagram at the Keto Cholo, and obviously the Man's Club on Facebook. I'm always floating around there. Yep, uh, I am at Duckman Keto on Instagram, and uh, always on the group, always in front of a device that's somehow connected. I will probably see your tag for me within moments. So uh, that's it for this week. Uh, let's go ahead just to recap how people can connect with us. Uh, you can connect with us on Instagram at. Ke- uh, Keto Man's Club podcast. You can check out our website at theketomansclub.com. You can email us at ketomansclubpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can give us a phone call and leave us a voicemail. There's only been a couple people who have done it so far. Luckily, it's a free service. So use use it, you know, as much as you'd like to. I almost regret saying that. <laughs> And the phone well, number. We've gotten some. We've gotten some interesting messages. So yes. there's some people that be using it yes. yeah. for their own entertainment. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I shouldn't say that because it was for our entertainment as well. Yeah, we we got some entertainment out of it for sure. <laughs> uh, that phone number is five one two. 518-6161. So feel free to reach out in any of those ways. If you have comments, questions, uh, as mentioned before, if you get the time, please uh, go on to iTunes or to to Apple Podcasts is the official name. Working for the company, I should probably say it right. Uh, Go into Apple Podcasts and uh, make sure that, that, you know, leave a, a, a rating, a comment. Those things go a long way. Even something simple and small that just a few moments of your time on that goes a long uh, way in making an impact on the algorithm. So thank you for that. We look forward to connecting with you in any way that we can, uh, seeing you in the group. We have the beginners group and the main group. So definitely, if you're just getting started, check out the beginners group. We're starting to build some of those really great resources uh, that are going to help you get off on the right foot with your ketogenic journey. Um, and it's already developing into a really great tight-knit community um, that's uh, going to help you along and, and root for you along the way. Uh, so that's it for this week. Until next week, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E K E T O. M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.